Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. We're sitting here on August the 17th. I'm here with T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, back from vacation. Actually, I went on vacation too, but I didn't miss podcasts between my vacation. Well, see, you you don't know how to vacation. That's yeah. the problem. Um, so how much stuff did you eat? It's it's really hard to quantify. The scales say a lot. So I need to let you know that that between your vacation that we had a podcast we hadn't aired yet. I saw it on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. Or saw pictures. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with, with with Mark and we talked about your your eating vacation. My eating vacation. Your eating well, vacation. I did eat my way from one end of the Gulf to the other. Yes. So yeah. We also talked about how many vacations did you end up taking. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I listen, you know, you got to have fun. You live longer. Yeah. But so. here's what you need to know. Here's here's your here's your what you must know. Been at the beach for two weeks. Okay. Did you know? Two weeks at the beach. Two weeks at the beach. Yeah, so I went to Disney World for like four days. Yeah, see, that's not a vacation. And didn't sleep hardly at all. Yeah, no. It's okay. If, if you study creation, Genesis chapter one, only one day of the week of the creation got a double blessing. God said it was good twice. It's the day he made beaches. It's the third day. The third day. I'm telling you, read your Bible. <laughs> so you spent two weeks at the beach. You slept and you ate. I slept and I ate. That's pretty much it. And swam. And swam. Yeah, and fought so with the jellyfish. Fought with the jellyfish. But now, now you're immune to jellyfish. Now right? I'm immune to jellyfish. Yeah. That's a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were glad to have you back from, from glad vacation. Glad to be back, I think. And like I said, I took vacation as well. I went to Orlando, went to Disney World and Universal Studios, you know, and I rode roller coasters and um, sweated. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. And, and I sweated then, carrying my beach chair back to the room. Well, That's I guess, you know, it. you probably sweat on the beach, but, you know, I'm, I'm sweet, sweating in line for a roller coaster. Well, if I get hot, it's going to get in the water. Yeah. So, anyway, um, we love to hear from our listeners. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email, um, podcast at rhema.org. Or also, we encourage you to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Rhema Podcast. And like I said, we, we always want to hear from you. Well, today's guest um, is is um, legendary. Forgot his name. Yeah, no, I, no, I know his name, um, Cliff Graham. And I don't know. I go, your evangelist, Chris Cliff Graham, missionary, snowboarder, skier. Or, let's, go, let's go with evangelist. Um, skateboarder. He's one of them, like Brother Hagen used to talk about. He's an yeah. ape. Yeah, apostle, prophet, evangelist. Yeah. Let's so, go. so Cliff is 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 our guest today. He's actually was rolling through town. And I'm like, hey, Cliff, um, we're recording podcast today. Um. Think you want to do a podcast? And he's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we don't even know where Cliff lives. <laughs> Cliff doesn't know where he lives. In a van <laughs> down by the river. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> so, I hope my wife doesn't hear this one. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, Cliff spends a lot of time o- overseas. Um, COVID's kind of ruined that a little bit. but So he's been a little bit more mobile here recently, living in this city and that city, but travels around yeah. all over. So, so, Cliff, welcome to the program, first of all. Thanks for having me on 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 uh, Tony McKinnon's uh, subject about vacationing. I heard from this businessman when I first came to Lord. He said the farther you can, or the longer you can take a vacation, is like stretching back a rubber band. So mm. you can take a really long one, then when you let go, you snap that much farther ahead. Mm. So I'm Get I'm back. on his side right there, Shonda. Instead, yeah, but, but of those, he, instead of those four days, take those two week yeah. ones. Yeah, but he takes a long one, then takes a couple of short ones too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's snapping farther ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty snappy. Yeah, he's he's snappy. He's in a good mood at least, though. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's 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 refreshed. <laughs> and so, so Cliff, um, tell us a, about your story. You know how how you came to the Lord and 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I was a surfer in Hawaii. I uh, had lived there, I don't know, six, five, six years. And no, uh, you're originally from Hawaii? No, I'm originally from California, but I, my goal was to surf the entire world. So I had all these spots picked out and I studied all about them. And somehow I ended up on Maui and had a radical conversion on the beach in Kamaoli 2 in Maui, Kihei. And I just watched the waves coming in and out. And I thought, man, somebody had a plan here because the coconut falls, dissipates in the water, makes its way back. But everything, if we left everything else around here, buildings, cars for 100 years, it would just disintegrate, be a mess. If we left God's nature in 100 years, it'd all be the same. It'd take care of itself. So I remember looking up and saying, you know, I, I got a tide chart on my, on my clock or my watch. I can see when the tides are coming in. I can see when the sun's going to set. I said, well, you must have had a plan for me. And I tried to negotiate with God. I said, I don't want to go to church, but I, you must have a plan for me. So I'll follow that plan. And he began to reveal himself to me on the beach. And uh, the problem is when you try to negotiate with God, he kind of always wins out. I'm probably in church more than most people who come to the Lord like that, <laughs> uh, like you guys, like you gentlemen. So um, I had a radical conversion um, as a surfer. And then somehow I ended up in these business meetings on Oahu with, at that time, there were two of the board of directors on at Rama, And I had a powerful outpouring during one of the meetings and the Lord prompted me to go to Tulsa and look at Bible schools. And one of the sponsors of the evangelist that I was with, this lady evangelist that would take all the business people out into Waikiki, um, her name was Wilma Jean Carden. She heard that I said, I'm supposed to go to Tulsa and look at Bible schools. And she said, if he goes to Rama, I'm going to pay his way. The Holy Spirit spoke to her right then. And uh, the, I got radically touched in those meetings. And so I'm like, what's in Tulsa? And literally jumped on a plane, ended up getting a ride from somebody at CU at Boulder to look at the Bible colleges. And then God confirmed, you need to go to Rama. And then that family, they were from um, East Tennessee. They ended up sponsoring me for two years at Rama. Wow. And uh, God was powerful. I mean, I, I'd never been, first of all, around so many Christians in my life. And um, I don't know how to say this nicely, but... I lived, we were surfers. We lived in shorts and slippers and um, uh, flip-flops, you'd call them. And t-shirts were optional unless you went into the grocery store. <laughs> and then I come to Tulsa and all these girls who used to just wear bikinis, now all the girls have these big bouffant hairdos and makeup. And, and I was like, it was, it was pleasant though. You know, you didn't see all these half-naked people. <laughs> and um, I came and looked at schools and God confirmed my heart that Rayma's the place I'm going to go to. And uh, like I said, uh, he sponsored me by these business people out in Tulsa or in um, Knoxville, Tennessee. And it changed my life. Um, changed my life. So was, what year was that? I came in 88 to look at schools. And then I sent back to my pastor on Oahu an application. He didn't remember, remember who I was. And so when I landed back on Oahu uh, to, get the, you know, to get everything started to come back to here, he, goes, he looked down from the pole. He goes, oh, my gosh, I know who you are. You're the one who wanted to go to Bible college in Tulsa. And then um, here I am. I came back in 89. Came in 89 through 91. Wow. So, so while you were at Rama, I mean, talk about your experience. You know, I mean, obviously when you came here, you probably didn't know a whole lot. You know, you just came off the beach. No, I just came off the boat, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know a lot at all. And, um, and do you think that might have been a good thing that you didn't know a lot? You know, that you, know, that you didn't have to unlearn a lot of stuff? Uh, yes and no. I had kind of dabbled in um, 
other types of religion because I lived around a lot of ex-Timothy Leary hippies in Maui, and they kind of everyone kind of talked about foolish things all the time, and we're not even going there. But when I came here, I did have to unlearn some of that stuff. But so I actually correlated the word of faith a lot with some of what they taught, mm-hmm. and then I rejected that at the beginning. But um, as I got more full and I began to watch more full of the word and the word of faith, I began to watch God put things into motion and complete it. And I was like, wow, this is all laid out in the word of God. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, it was a power. It was like me from one culture into Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a different land for me. It was a totally different land. I came with two jean jackets, um, like a, like a, Levi's jacket with a uh, uh, cotton in the inside and then a Harley Davidson jacket was the other one. And then they told us at that time you couldn't wear, you only had to wear suits. So I actually gave them away to somebody and then God blessed me with this cashmere wool long coat. And I was like, wow, man, the word of faith operates in your life. Sowing and reaping operate in your life. So, <laughs> so I know when you're at Rama, you did a lot of, of street outreach as well, didn't you? Yeah, when I came to Rhema, I'd never been around so many Christians in my life. And so I was trained by an evangelist at these, uh, uh, these business meetings where she would take them out into Waikiki and get them to share their faith so they'd go home and share. That was the reason for their businesses is that they would help spread the gospel around the world. And that one-on-one time where they would go out in suits sometimes, sometimes Aloha wear, they go out and, and she trained them to so, be. So that means like Hawaiian shirts, right? Like, in, like just like what um, T Mac is wearing right, right now. now. He just came I'm, from the beach. I'm vibing. Yeah, you're vibing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I um, she would take them out and teach them to street witness. And her goal, I believe, from these two businessmen was to to help them open up and share their faith. Well, I sat under that, and then when I came to Tulsa, I just felt like I was getting so full of Jesus that I had to get some of Jesus out of me. So I would go first downtown on Wednesdays uh, just to go see if I could talk to anybody about Jesus because you're with all these students. You're normally working with students. You're at school. You're probably living with some students. And I would find people to talk to about Jesus. And I would actually talk other students from prayer school into going, hey, I'm going 2.30 to 4.30 downtown to witness some people would come, other people would say, man, I'm training for the pulpit ministry. I'm like, and I hope I'm training for pulpit ministry, but I got to get some of Jesus out of me so I can get more of Jesus in me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, um, and so what happened is, is I, there were no people downtown back then. Yeah. And so I remember praying and yeah, praying. Downtown was way different. Down, you're driving downtown Tulsa, obviously. Yeah, downtown Tulsa. Downtown Tulsa. was a lot different. Yeah. Too, but, but, you know, except for business people, that's all that, you know. Oh, but even in the, you'd go down there from 2.30 to 4.30, there, there'd be nobody. Office. Yeah, they're yeah. on their office. You know, exactly. So one time I'm uh, I'm praying in prayer school, and I I said, Lord, what do I do? I have to tell people about Jesus. And I know this sounds bad, but I had friends that lived at student housing, worked at the NRC, and went to school. The only time they'd ever see an unbeliever was if they put gas in their car. You know, you could walk all three mm-hmm. of those because if they worked at NRC, they get all their food and whatever. So one time in prayer school, I had this vision, little mini vision, about going to the land of Goshen. And I'm like, the land of Goshen? What's the land of Goshen? And it was Utica Square. So I would take somebody down with me witnessing. One of them was Joe Hernandez, Dr. Joe Hernandez now. And I would knock on doors and we would walk around. We'd go to Woodward Park and find any reason to initiate telling people about Jesus. And... um. I, one time, nobody else would go with me, and I'm like, Lord, where do I go? And he showed me standing 
on the street corner at Utica and 21st. And back then, I don't know if it's still there, there was a bank there. And I would, we would wear suits. And when I didn't have anybody to talk to, I'd open my, my Bible and get some of Jesus out of me. And I'd stand there and read the I didn't want anybody's stuff. I didn't, all I wanted to do is get Jesus out of me. And I still remember, I was dressed nicely. You know, I was a nice-looking young man. And I remember this lady pulling up in a white Mercedes. Like, you know, she was like maybe 15, 20 years older than I was. And she had this blonde bob, and she was wearing a white pantsuit. And she looks over at me, rolls the window down, you know, on the, on the right side. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I just need to tell people about Jesus. And she goes, well, I know Jesus. And I remember looking at her, and I said, you need to tell some people about Jesus because they're dying to know. And it just like embedded in me. So um, interesting thing. Can I tell you the rest of that story? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I leave Rama, and uh, two weeks later, I'm in the south of France working with the Madden family. And Dorothy Madden comes up to me on the first service, the first church service. She goes, tell me what you did while you were at Rama." I said, well, I, I sold suits at Backracks. I taught windsurfing at Lake Keystone. I taught skiing on an indoor deck. And uh, she said, no, no, no. Where did you tell people about Jesus? I said, well, I helped out with, um, with the children's and I did student life. She goes, no, where did you tell people how much they need our Jesus? And I said, well, 2.30 to 4.30, I would go down to Utica Square. And if nobody would go with me, I'd preach on the street corner. But if people would go with me, we'd knock on doors. We'd go to Woodward Park. We'd walk around. And she goes, oh my gosh, that's perfect. She goes, every Wednesday from 2.30 to 4.30, we go out on the Promenade des Anglais and we preach. And she, Dorothy Madden would go out in her pearls and her high heels and say to people, vous, vous, connaissez, vous connaissez Jésus Christ? Viens avec uh, le peuple ici. You know, she'd say, invite people to come with her to church. And, and th so that's French, by the way, for some of you guys. Yeah, so I would, so, it's broken French. So I would, I, I, le I understood it. So that's I left Fran I left Rama 2.30 to 4.30, preaching the gospel out at Utica Square. And I went right to the Promenade des Anglais, 2.30, 30. I clocked back in <laughs> and we brought people to church. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah, didn't skip a beat. Well, I love what you're going to tell me. You met the lady in France. I'm thinking that ladies in France are yeah. recognize you. That would have been a better story. Yeah, better story. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about Rainbow Valley Training College. You know, maybe you're out there, you're listening to this you know, podcast, and you're thinking, I know Dilly Squad about the Bible. You know, I don't really know a whole lot. It doesn't matter. You know, people think, sometimes people think, well, in order to go to Bible school, I got I to be called to be in the ministry you know whether you feel you're called to the ministry or whether you just want to learn more about the word um i encourage you to go to rbtc.org and check out about Raymond bible training college and i, I tell you what it, it'll be the best two years two years plus of, of your life and, and you know there's just something about getting the word in you and now something like you know cliff is saying here is that you know our students not only learn about the word sometimes they have opportunity to to use what they're learning in class and go out and, 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 and touch, you know, our world. And so if you would just go to rbtc.org, um, give us your name, your, your email, and a phone number. We'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about Rayma, set up a time for, for you to even come and, and take a visit, even, even maybe come to the, our fall college weekend. And if you can get there early enough, September 1, we start class. Or if you can't be here in September, January, you can come to Rayma. Just want to encourage you guys to check it out. 
and find out more about Rama Bible Training College. Yeah, actually, we start registration on the first class starts, I think, the 13th. So if you're a procrastinator, there's time in there for you. Yeah, yeah, because, because we, we have um, you know, registration, th- then we have orientation. Student revival. Yeah, student revival, yeah. You know, where we revive students before they show up yeah. or before they start class yep. and stuff. So, yeah, you, you can still come. There's a window in there for you. Yeah, there is a window, and we've had people come late, you know, including Doug Jones, yep. who showed up two weeks late, and God still blessed him. Yeah. And then two weeks late all his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep picking on Doug until Til he comes to, comes to, to defend come to himself. Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I was while you were on vacation, I got a hold of Doug, and I was like, Doug, you, you really need to come. And talking about, oh, I, I don't do that, Craig. I said, Doug, you were the very first year of Rainbow. I mean, if anyone can talk about Rainbow, it would be good. You know, you know, I said, you don't have to say a lot. We'll ask you the question. You know. And remember, if you're listening to this, his email address is djones at rhema.org. Yes. Email him and tell him how much you want to hear him on this podcast. Yes, yeah, don't email us. Email him. Email him. And, and tell him. Back, back to you, Cliff. I mean, so, so you went right from what you were doing at Rhema to the same thing over in France. Two weeks later, I was in the south of France. So, and, so, uh, so when you went to France, let me just ask this question. I mean, obviously, you, you can speak broken French now. Um, did you know any French whenever you first got there? Or, I mean, um, Actually, I, mean, I, I took you to your French high school, so I, have a, I, I, can, oh, okay. I, can, I can understand what you said. I didn't understand a word of it, but I knew it was French. Yeah. I'm smart like that. C'est très bien comme ça. Yeah. Je m'appelle Cliff Cram. Yeah, his, his name is Cliff Cram. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. He's my translator. Yeah. Uh, actually, funny enough is when I would go to prayer school, we had different visitors that would come and minister. And um, coincidentally, if you want to call it coincidentally, a couple of men that I uh, waited tables on at a banquet hall during the school year one of them ended up telling me that he was living in the south of France or he'd visited there. His parents had a church in uh, Macon, France. And I said, man, that sounds really interesting. He said, you could teach windsurfing there. And he kind of dropped the seed in me. And then when John and Laura Madden came, I ended up introducing myself. And, and, and John and Laura Madden, Laura Madden, they're the ones that run Raymer France. There you go. There. Yeah. And, and actually, they're, they're, well, they have, we have a number of them, but, but Nice is, is where their, their home base is. So they uh, south of France. It's they, nice in Nice. Yes, I know. Very nice. There's T-shirts, French yeah. T-shirt. I'm gonna get you one next time. Yeah. So anyway, so I talked to them a couple. They probably of times. have good food in Nice too, as oh, well. So. No, they have fantastic food. In nice. <laughs> yeah. Like some of the best food in the world. Anyway, so um, I end up talking with them a couple of times, and actually, uh, Laura Madden said to me, she said the best way to begin studying a language, according to Dorothy, her mother-in-law was to get the Bible in that language because you're, wow. you're already studying it in your language. And then as you read it there, you have a grasp on some of it. And so I got myself a little French Bible, and I began to read Bibles side by side. Oh. Yeah, and so then... Um, you, you can also watch Star Wars in French. That's what we did when I was in That was one thing that we... When I was in French class, they brought in movies. You know, the, you know Star Wars is one of the movies where you pretty much know... You know, you you know everything, right? Yeah, and so, the, you know, so I remember watching... watching Watching the original Star Wars in French in French class, and you learn a lot, and you learn a lot, yeah. yeah but you, because you, you know, but well, obviously, you know, well, the way it was in French class, the first, the first, um, after the first semester, you weren't allowed to speak English, so you had to speak French. And then second year in French class, we couldn't speak English at all. Wow. So, um, so I knew a lot of French. I mean, it, I spoke Oklahoma French. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really that good. I, I, I know a lot of French, but, but here recently. I know more Portuguese and Spanish because my travels have, go, have gone, you know, more south. North, you know, Your south. travel has gone south. Yeah. So, you know, but it, it, interesting about Portuguese, though, 
a lot of times, if I can't remember the Portuguese word, if I, if I use the French word, it's usually really close. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, you know, in, in, in French, uh, we would say très bon, you know, very good. And so you can use très bon, B-O-M, and, and they'll, that, that is not the normal way to say very good. Very, you know, you would say muto bom would be thing. But if you say très bon, they'll understand what you're, what you're saying. I only know abrogado. Yeah, yeah abrogado means <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, but, you know, it's, but I know obviously you travel all the world, so, so you can speak a little bit, you know, that or, or b- broken Arabic. <laughs> I've heard you speak some of that too. So. Uh, just from traveling, I, I, I feel it's important to bond with people. And so I try to learn to say hello, goodbye, and thank you. So mm, I probably yeah. can, I, and not, I mean, I'm okay at it, but I can probably say it in 20 languages. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because you want to bond with people, yeah. you want to connect. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I found that actually um, ministering to the sick. I found out if I minister, if I have to wait for the translator to translate, they don't release their faith until my translator talks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but if, I mean, how hard is it to say, you know, in the name of Jesus in other languages? Well, fuego de Dio. Yeah, and so, you know, the fire <laughs> of God. Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's not hard. So, so, you know, so I, I learned in the name of Jesus, you know. Au nom de Jésus. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Très bien comme ça. Yeah, and, and then, you know, be healed is not that hard, you know. Um, Kumbaya. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the thing. When, when you travel overseas, it, it's, you know, it's, you know, learning their language. People, I mean, even if it's bad, you know, French, bad Spanish, you know. Now, I've had, I've had a hard time, you know, like, like um, over in China. <laughs> there's a little bit, China, Japan, their language is a little bit hard for me to. Ni hao. You know, Ni hao mao. Yeah. So. Xin xia. Xin xia ni. Yeah. What I've found out is when I go somewhere, if you have a passion for something, that passion will come out of it. And so when I went back to the ski resort um, from France, I actually knew I had to go back because uh, the Maddens, they, they um, promoted being able to speak the language. So I would get up at four in the morning and study French for an hour and study the Bible for an hour. But I... Tony I, studies French fries. <laughs> Not so much anymore. <laughs> anyway, so I would get up and study just because I knew I had to at least have a command of the language. Yeah. And um, I, I think I do okay. So let's talk about your ministry and, you know, and what you do now, because you have kind of a unique you know, thing. Like obviously, you know, you're a snowboarder, you're a skier, you're a surfer, you're, you're a skateboarder, I mean, all these kind of things. So, so what are things that you do? Now, I know COVID's kind of put a little hamper, but talk about what you guys normally do. Um, well, when I first got born again, I was around a lot of athletes in Hawaii and then um, – see some other places, California, and then skiing a little bit. And I remember thinking, Lord, man, if, people, if you could get a couple of these athletes born again and they could take that fire, the young people would watch them. Well, the problem with athletes who are ran by organizations or managers is that when it gets too out of their, uh, how do you say it correctly, you know, their political wheel or whatever you want yeah. to say, they curtail their expression. And what I found the Lord doing with me, taking me to the south of France, and I learned how to drive a boat. I knew how to drive a boat, but I, I um, pulled water skiers and air chair and uh, parasailers and all this. And then I taught windsurfing and doing the other sports. I saw he created in me what I was hoping he'd create into other people. Mm, I'll see. Yeah. And then I moved to the ski resort, and it took me a couple of years to get on ski school because I was not a snow person. It, I mean, it took me a while to learn to love the cold. And then he's used those now to where I've gone into 
undisclosed countries that I don't know if you can say them on the- L- like the one on your t-shirt. No, like the one on my t-shirt. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. But we're not going to say that we're one. We're not going to say that on there. No, no, we're not. I was not already say thinking that. that. I shouldn't say that. No, we shouldn't say I'm that. Trying to control myself. No, you did good. You did good. <laughs> so anyway, so I found the the desire I had for other people. That passion was created in me, and so I would train just like everything else. So now he's used it where. In the future, obviously, there's some shutdown, but we want to bring um, uh, motorcycle jumpers and skateboarders into, say, India. And we want to put on large-scale campaigns, 50 to 100,000 kids, have um, uh, be able to stream it live on their handy or their mobiles, they call them, and uh, to where kids could send it to 10 other kids, and then they could hear the gospel where you couldn't do this before, and nobody's doing it over there. And so, uh, and then we wrote a book called Blueprint for a Dreamer. That was my, the way God led me to walk out my dream. And we're going to use that as their first discipling, um, basically handbook and then a study guide for it. Because you, let's say you preach to 100,000 kids. How are you going to get them in church? So I'm, I'm trying to work with Eddie Algera, who was two-time skateboarding champion in the 70s. And I said, you need to have a podcast immediately so you could pastor the pastors and then you could train these young kids these young, you know, the new converts, but the book will help them and they're super intelligent. And so they would study themselves, train themselves. And then when we get churches, they'll just come flooding in and they'll already have, like when I came to Rama, I had very little foundation, but I did read the Bible. Yeah. And then when I came here, my foundation grew, 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 stronger, stronger, stronger. Well, that's what we want to impart into the young people there around the world. And so um, I just really, for me, I just want to do anything to change this next generation. So, so how, how does someone get your book? Uh, you can go to unisonharvest.com and then it'll, we'll have a bookstore there. It's a store on there. And then you can look at all the different books that we've, you know, we have, a, we have about five or six of them, uh, a couple of children's books, but they support like um, trafficking and rescuing other uh, kids out of other problems and situations around the world. Then we've got the Blueprint for a Dreamer book and a study guide. In fact, we just sent 150 off with that Fired Up Youth Church from South Dakota when they were here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had them in the bookstore, and yeah. I turned to my wife. I said, listen, I don't care. Let them have as many as they want. I thought they were going to take like 60. They said, no, we'd like 180. I'm like, give them all what you need. <laughs> and then my daughter's um, done a, a teen tween devotional herself. From She's traveled to over 30 countries around the world, and she wrote, um, I'm already famous. God knows my or he knows my name. And so they asked for those too, and they said, can we have 50 for the young ladies? Like, take them all, take them all, because that will help young people disciple themselves and then create a hunger for more of the Word of God. But our goal is to harvest as many young people. Over 50% of the world's population are under 21, really 18. And statistics say that most people come to the Lord under 18, 19 years of age. So if you want to reach the most amount of people on planet Earth, target the young people, invest in the young people, help people who are going around the world reaching the young yeah. people. You get them at that age, and they're, they most likely, the statistics have proven from Barna Research, they're going to be believers for life. Yeah. So I want to be the most successful I can be. Yeah. When, I, when I was doing youth ministry, in the, around, around 2000 or so, I, there was a stat came out, 80% of all Christians accept, accept the Lord before they're 18. Now, sometimes yep. they stray a little bit, yep. but before, you know, when they're young, they, they accept the Lord before they're 18. Yep. Only 20% actually accept the Lord after 18, yep. which means, you know, I would say, do you want to deal with, with them with rocks or do you want to deal with Play-Doh? See, you know, you know, kids and youth, I mean, they're multiple pliable. 
you know, once they kind of get set in their ways, it's, it's a little bit harder to, to change the, the way they think. But as I said, once again, unisonharvest.com is, we said, it's website. Unison, unisonharvest.com. Unisonharvest.com. And so if you want to find out any more about Cliff's ministry and what he does, his, his books, his, you know, his, his, um, his daughter's book and things, it's, it's, it's all there. And like I said, his, his heart's for the young people. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, I believe that the last days we're going to have a revival among the young people. You know, and they're interested in, not only are they interested in all of the extreme type sports type things like you're talking about, but they're also interested in the move of God. Yep. I mean, you know, you, you can see young people, they want to see a miraculous God. You know, they want to see God really perform miracles and not just, the, you know, the God that just doesn't do anything, which that's what happens at most churches around America. Well, in Joel, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible says, and it shall come to pass afterwards in the last days, you can refer to that. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And then Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, he gets up on the day of Pentecost, and he actually turns that around. He says, it says in Joel, he says, it shall come to pass afterward in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And then he says, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And I kind of make a, a joke about it. I, I don't mean it as a joke. Is Do you think he was too full of the Holy Spirit that he turned that prophecy around because he knew the Word? He knew the Torah. He knew the Pentateuch. He knew the prophets. And I believe God put it in there that three-quarters of the last day's preachers are going to be young people. And I heard a statistic right around the time we first launched ministry where Brother Hagen taught about tramp, tramp, tramp. These, these, are the, these are them preaching the gospel around the world. I heard somebody, I've never been able to substantiate it, that he actually prophesied another time that the greatest signs and wonders were going to come out of young people's hands and they were going to be the last day's foot soldiers. You think about it, when there's a military advancement, whatever, you've got the generals and you've got, the, but they're up far away and you have these people on the ground doing most of the work. And my challenge or my encouragement is, I believe that they are there because they're willing to put it all out, do go 100% with everything. But they need leaders who have laid it all out that they can follow. Every sport that I taught, windsurfing, surfing, um, skiing, snowboarding, I always had to demonstrate first. I couldn't just, hey, just go run that lap and you'll be good. I had to show them how to do it. And so I kind of believe sometimes the Lord keeps us on the cutting edge, especially when you have a name like Cliff. But um, bum there we go. And so I believe that he keeps us on the edge so that young people will put go all the way with it. And like I said, um, Brother Hagen, I've never been able to 100% substantiate it, but the greatest signs and wonders are going to come from their hands. Listen, when you hit a little bit older in life, you're, you tend to take less risks. Some of us do. Some of us go into unnamed countries and put it all out there. But you know what? I believe when we get to heaven, when my mansion is really, really big, you're going to say, what happened? What happened? I said, oh, that's just the way the Lord led me, and I obeyed, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm joking. Yeah. But, the, but then this is the thing is I believe those young people are going to be the foot soldiers. The greatest signs and wonders are going to come out of their hands, and they are going to help, help us win the last day's harvest. Well, there's a couple of things there that I've thought of over the years, and you, you're kind of in and around it there. You know, when you look at the young people of the day, one of the things that that uh, seems to stand out, and especially in certain areas, a lack of hope, a lack of vision for the future. Well, that prophecy says they'll have vision. Yep. 
And and when you look at the old people, it's just not just sitting around in a rocking chair dreaming of days gone by. Mm-hmm. Uh, they now dream fresh dreams, yep. and, and so they can lead yep. and be that example you're yep. talking about. And so I think there's a real there's a powerful twofold thing there that you see it correctly. Amen. Yeah. And, and that's also a segue for Rainbow Bible Training College. You yep. know, these young people that are getting saved. You know, they need to be trained so they can go out on the streets so and go go you know, witness and. and Things like that, and, and one one good place to come is Raymond Bible Training College, where where they can learn to rightly divide the word of truth. You know, you know there, there's a lot of a lot of false teaching out there right now. Yeah. And so rbtc.org encourage you to, to go to the website. Whether you're young, whether you're old, doesn't matter. You could be retired. You know, we have students that are 18 and students that, that are 82. So you know, it doesn't matter what your age might be. rbtc.org. If you'll just give us your name, give us your email, give us your phone number. We'll have one of our representatives give you a call, talk to you about Rama, talk to you about, you know, what we teach, you know, how, how we do things here. And I tell you what, it's America's most affordable Bible college. I mean, you know, and the reason it's affordable because of our Word Partner Club members that help us keep our tuition low, rbtc.org. So, so Cliff, like I said, you have been going into unnamed countries, and, and I'm going to name a name because, it, you know, it's in the news right now. Uh, we, we've been hearing about Afghanistan quite a bit. Now, you spent some time in Afghanistan, so... um. You know, talk to, you know, I know right now your heart's going up for these people because you know people right now that are, that are running for their lives. Yeah. Um, we, we actually, um, the Lord put on my heart to get into two of these countries that were, we were in, involved with, uh, America was involved with. And I tried the, the normal routes. I tried to go through military bases, but I hadn't been military. And finally, I, I just said, Lord, tell me how to do it. And he led me by the Holy Spirit in one of them just to take a taxi across the border I won't say which one that was right now, but then the other one I was with uh, Dr. Joe Hernandez and we landed and we were supposed to get visas out of a country in the Middle East and uh, our, our sponsor was stuck in DC and Dr. Joe flies in from San Francisco and about two in the morning, we're in a hotel room we're like, Lord, what do we do? We, people have sponsored us to go over and we've said we're going to go and uh, we just started praying. In fact... Uh, Joe started spe- speaking in tongues really loud. I said, we're going to get kicked out of the hotel. I'm like, titanium elite. We can't do this. So we quietly prayed. And after about two hours, the instruction that I was given at Rama, I followed that. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you have your visas. It's like we prayed out our visas. So the next morning, well, if you have your visas, what do you do? You walk in faith. We printed out all the information. We invited ourselves. We go down to the consulate in that nation and he's, he's a doctor, so he don't find himself to go, pre, to go speak at the college, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but we won't say the country where we did this. <laughs> and as we go in, they just let us invite ourselves into that country, Afghanistan. And we landed with a phone number and just were led by him, the Holy Spirit, to do what we were supposed to do. We end up getting to minister on another trip. We end up ministering to um, some very elite people. And one of them, we ended up leading to the Lord. But I was on those streets. And um, even that person is still in contact with me today asking if I can help him um, train because he believes he's supposed to be a leader in the country. Mm. And so, yeah, our heart does go out to there. Listen, just like going down to Utica Square and telling one person about Jesus, we all have our part to play. Just telling one person in Afghanistan about Jesus is as important as seeing a million souls come on the grounds and on the, um, on the social media platform. 
But I'll tell you this, our goal is to go take what we've learned, which I was equipped here, and then take it out to the people and let them find out about how amazing our Jesus is, just like we found out. Well, let's, you know, never underestimate the power of one. Amen. You know, Amen. We, we call him Philip the Evangelist, as we're acquainted with him in the book of Acts. And, yep. and the Lord took him from a citywide revival yep. to the desert to minister to one man. Yep. Yeah. And, that, and that was a powerful man, exactly too. Exactly right. Potent, man. Potentially affected a nation. A, a, potentially affected a from, nation. From affecting a city yep. to, to a, a nation, nation through one man. Glory to God. <laughs> now, also, Cliff, you know, we have, we have a number of pastors listening to the podcast. I mean, you, you do travel around the United States and minister. Yes. Um, you know, in adult and even youth services, singles, you know, singles, whatever, because I know your heart's, you know, for, for young people. Yeah. So I do want to throw that out there, that, that, you know. Unisonharvest.com, you can get a hold of Cliff. Yeah. Cliff's, Cliff's the real deal. And, and just to be perfectly honest, where I sit and behind my desk, you know, dealing with the alumni and our ministers, of which Cliff is one, or may I, you know, sometimes, you know, I say that death, divorce, and denial land on my desk. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, at least once a year, I get a phone call from Cliff, and he just wants to tell me how awesome God is yeah. and what he's doing yeah. in and through their life and ministry. And it's, it's a highlight for me. And, and God has taken care of you. Obviously, you you know through all this COVID thing, you know where a lot of travel ministers are, you know, suffered. But God's God's blessed you. I, yeah. I I did twenty seven states during the middle of it. We did a book tour. We had the privilege of opening up a few churches, and I'm not saying it's not without its troubles. Yeah. But I'll tell you this: He is He is one of the most important things that I learned is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. I've taught it in plus thirty countries, everything from say, a Baptist uh, college Bible study to eight weeks at a, at a college, you know, a Bible college. And um, the most important, one of the most important things is being led by him, the Holy Spirit. I like to say him so we recognize he's not a ooey-gooey. Yeah. He is a third person of the Godhead and that he wants to lead us and guide us into all victory. And, um, you know, I, I credit Rama from all the deposits that I've got. And the funny thing for me here it is, I graduated 30 years ago, and I still remember, just like it was yesterday, the seeds that were planted in me, mm. prayer school, um, different instructors. I still remember those and utilize those on a daily basis more than most people would ever imagine. I am so grateful to Rama for what they've instilled in me. Amen. Amen. Well, on that note, one more time rbtc.org. If you want information about Rainbow Training College, if you'll just go there, like I said, give us your name, give us your email, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call. Plus, you can go to the website, and there's all kinds of information about, about our tuition, about you know, all the things. And then coming up, we have, we have Fall College Weekend coming up in October. I don't have the date. That's okay. Um, we can figure that out later. Um, if you'll go to rbtc.org, you can find that out. Well, Cliff, you know, it was awesome to have you this program. We'll have you again in the next program. Um, you know, but it's awesome to hear what God's doing through you, your life and, and your ministry. And, and thank you for being faithful to go to some places that some people wouldn't go. You know, and, and I, I know sometimes I'm like, Cliff, you really want to go there? I mean, you know, that's you know, that a little dangerous or things like that. You know, you're getting a little too old to, to maybe do some of those things. You know, you got to do what God called you to do. Amen. 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 Well, here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You have wonderful. Day.